If you know the fish tank, then you also have to know our friends at Planet Protein. That's right, Big Seth, and Planet Protein is back and better than ever. They're gearing up for the momentous release of their Chocolate Magic Protein Mm. Shake, now completely sugar-free and free of sugar alcohols. But still the same great taste juice, and Planet Protein is locally manufactured right here in South Florida. And to top it off, the new Chocolate Magic two-pound bags feature a wooden scoop and eco-conscious packaging to protect our beautiful oceans. Hey, no doubt, Seth. In fact, they're so local that my man Anthony the COO of Planet Protein is here to tell you why their product is not just good, but good for you. That's right. Thanks for having me. Had to come down and tell it like it is. We produce Chocolate Magic right here in South Florida with our community in mind on the inside and outside of the bag. Eco-conscious materials, only eight real ingredients, four of which are superfoods, put you in the prime position to conquer your day. So if you're ready to live a clean and ethical nutritional lifestyle, then visit planetprotein.com now. And remember to use the code FISHTANK to receive 20% off all of your planet protein purchases and don't forget to follow us on instagram at planet underscore protein man you're now diving into the fish tank Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, I've been been that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank, Seth Levitt with O.J. McDuffie in Shula's Hotel and Golf Resort Juice yes, right sir. here in Miami Lakes. It's a big weekend for the Dolphins. Huge, huge weekend, alumni weekend, man. A lot of guys back, over 100 guys back in town. 100 guys? Yeah, yeah. And you know, nobody, no organization does it like the Dolphins organization do it. And uh, Mr. Stephen Ross, our owners, have been, been great to all the alumni. Tom Garfinkel has been great to the alumni. And Mr. Nat Moore. Mr. Nat Moore. Mr. Moore, I call yeah. him. Yes, he's, he's earned that now. So. He, he has. Yeah, he's earned a long time ago, but yeah. It's been <laughs> that that suit and tie. So we got a guest here today, Juice. I mean, we've, we, we talk about we've had some great ones. We've even had a legend or two in here. We definite, definitely have legendary status. As I'm walking the halls of this hotel and seeing all these pictures, we have legendary status, a guy that you played for. Yes, sir. Mr. Yeah. Larry Seipel. If you call it that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Seipel? How much, Mac? How you been? Man, doing well. Doing well. You man. look good. good. To see you. you know, for an old guy, you look pretty good. Uh, He's man. held up okay, hasn't he? Fake it till I make it, man. I mean, I'll tell you what. Your wife must be taking very good care of you. Well, you know what? I mean, you saw a picture of my wife. I have to try to keep up with her and the kids, man. That's, a, that's why he hangs out with Preach and I, because he already <laughs> starts ahead of the game. That's I can understand that. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you taking the time. And, and no I, problem. you know, no, no industry secret, secrets here. I was the last fucking guy to show up to this thing today. So, <laughs> and I knew it. You know, you never want to be late, but especially when the coach yeah. is going to be in the oh, room. Because yeah. coaches just aren't late. They're always on that. They have that inner clock to just be earlier than you're going to be. You can't, let's, you can't let's put it them. this way. If you're on time, you're late. You're late, right. right. So right. I was, so what the hell was I? <laughs> <laughs> you were fired, fired and fined. I'm going to what, you'd have been fined a couple hundred dollars, right? Yeah, there. At, at best. <laughs> at best. That's great. We'll say, we'll just jump right into it to make up for, for the time that I wasted here. <laughs> um, so, you know, you just, uh, look, you played your entire 11 year career with the Dolphins. Yes, so, uh, so, like, I know you as the coach. When I was working for the team, you were a coach, but you played your entire 11 year career with the Dolphins and you have a, really a unique perspective because you were drafted in 67 second year of the club right 
and you were there for those early years where you guys had to grind it out oh. and, uh, and, and you know, grab a few wins when you could. And then all of a sudden, 1970, you're there for that shift. Mm. And that was a hell of a shift. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like playing through those early years where a team was just, you know, we've seen what happens to a well, It was very, you know, very frustrating because, you know, we had some good players in 67. Some uh, guys that come in the expansion draft in 66, like Norm Evans, people like that. Uh, so we had a nucleus of, of a pretty good team. Uh, they drafted Zonka in 68. Uh, he was like a bull in a china house. You know, yeah. I can he imagine. was all over the place. Had to get a special helmet for him, for crying out loud, because <laughs> he kept getting himself knocked out, for crying out loud. Uh, you know, and, and Jim Kitt came along, Mercury Morris. So the, the nucleus was there. But it was just so frustrating because, you know, you win three games and lose 11. Or you win four games and, you know, it's just, it was tough. It was tough to, to, to finally win a, a ball game. Shula walks in in 1970. All of a sudden, we're practicing four times a day. <laughs> four times a day. <laughs> 7.30 in the morning, 10.30 in the morning, 2.30 in the shit. afternoon, and 7 o'clock at night. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have time to go to the bathroom for crying out loud. Well, Channing uh, Crowder has a remedy for yeah. that. <laughs> Just take care of it on the field. But it was, you know, it was a, a really a, a unique situation. We're a, we're bitching like hell That's about what I was the wondering. practices, and you know, we're screaming. You know, this is too much. Well, after the seventy season was over, we were kind of glad we did something like that because he actually he actually got us to believe in ourselves more than anything else. That's awesome. And uh, it was uh, it was a, a a good time when in seventy when he came there. Was there a game or an instance in that seventy season that? All of a sudden, you guys realize how much talent you had, how good you were. Something that Sula might have said. They said, "You know what? We can play with any fucking body." Yeah, and basically, that's it. Did. To have one game, I don't think there was just one game that did it. I think it was a gradual thing of, of the training camp and then getting into the preseason. And I think at that time we were playing six preseason games, and you know yeah. we were all over the place. <laughs> we're trying we were, to get rid of the preseason. We were in North Carolina and <clears throat> playing in cow pastures and everything else. <laughs> But there, I don't think there was actually one game that gave us any kind of an idea. I think the fact that he settled in on a group of people that were going to play for him and, and showed them exactly how to get it all done. And I think it all came together about midway through the season. And we started to play a little bit better each game. And it got better and better and better and ended up in uh, a chance at the Super Bowl, which was good. Yeah, a, a few Got her ass kicked, but it was good. <laughs> well, you made up for it. That was, yeah. a, but that was a good ass kicking though, because it, it what it what it led to was uh, something special for for the team and the organization. It did more than anything. Uh, I think it helped us. Even though you say, well, heck, you don't want to lose 24 to 3 in a, in a major game like that. But, uh, I think it got us a little bit more to the point where we got a little bit more dedicated in what we were doing and, uh, you know, got some players in who could play, you know, and we had, he picked up Wayne Moore on waivers, Jim Langer on waivers, Bob Kuchenberg on waivers. On waivers. Yeah. These, these guys were on waivers. And Monty's the one, Monty Clark was the one that brought those guys in. You know, they brought everything. And he brought in Mark Fleming. Obviously, Greasy was already here. I'm trying to think of who else. Well, then all the the defensive guys, you know, like Tim Foley and Curtis Johnson and Jake Scott. You know, Jake had gone. He was drafted in 70, but he didn't come back until 71 because he went to the uh, Canadian Football League first. 
and then he came back. So you know, he he got a new, he had the nucleus to start with, and then he just built around it. So I think some of the best things about then there's no free agency, so the guys were right. pretty much stuck with they the were Dolphins. In. They yeah. had once once they were in, you could figure out the guys that were going to be the the yeah. nucleus, like you talked about, and they weren't going anywhere. They weren't going anywhere unless unless they got, got cut. cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you wanted <laughs> them there, they were staying. The only way. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go back real quick to that seventy. You know, you talk about four practices a, a day, which is insane. Was there ever a moment like say? You guys were bitching about it, and was there ever a moment or something that Coach said? Where I'm just trying to think of a, a just a classic, quintessential Don Shula moment where you realize that this is just not the way things were done in the past. <laughs> well, I'd have to say, you know, he, he kept using one phrase all the time: the winning edge. I mean, that was his kind of go-to statement, and tried to show us that you know whatever he's having us do, or the coaches are having us do, was going to put us in a situation which was a winning edge. And it turned out to be true, obviously. Yeah, yeah clearly. Uh, so, I mean, we won a lot of games from 1970 and 1978. A lot of games. And most of those, all of those games were in the Orange Bowl. Right. And they go and tear down the damn Orange Bowl. <laughs> now, we won a lot of games. And then they changed the logo. Yeah. You know, we won a lot of games with that old logo. Uh, but, you know, I understand why they have to do that. But so, he was the guy. Shula was the man who kind of put it all together. Now, he had assistant coaches that were pretty darn good, too. Right. Yeah. Schellenberger was kind of the offensive coordinator. The only play Shula would call would be P10. That's all, the only thing yeah, I remember. Sounds like Zonk going yeah. to right off, yeah, right right off center. The middle, right? right up the middle. <laughs> Give it to the big guy and, you know, let the big dog eat. You know, that kind of thing. That's uh, so funny because I know, like, you know, you got Zonk, but you also had like Jim Kick and sometimes even Merck leading block for him at times. Like oh, yeah. the little guys yeah. That's were leading for the big guy. Exactly. We ran eight, <laughs> what they called 18 and 19 straight, which were hand the ball off out of my, what we call brown formation. Hand the balls to Zonka around the, the left or right end. Well, the halfback had to lead block on the linebacker. <laughs> you know, Jim kicks what? You know, 210 pounds. You know, Zonk's right. like 260. Right. Well, Zonk's, Zonk's weight was 239. That was his weight to come in on a Thursday morning to weigh in. Now, if he didn't, if he knew he was going to be a little heavy, we had to stand behind him as Carl Tassif was on the scale. And it was one Coach of those Tassif. slide scales. And we had to either lift his ass up a little bit <laughs> or to make sure he would make 239. One, one time, somebody, somebody lifted him up too much. He was like 220. <laughs> it was Tassif like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, this, this can't be right. Something wrong with this scale. That's when he figured it out. But Zong, he just had to weigh 239 on Thursdays. Well, by game day, he was 265. Yeah, right. Holy shit. I mean, he'd starve himself for four or five days, and then he'd just eat like hell from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and you know, on up to the Sunday. And then he'd eat all game long. Hey, do you, think Coach, you think Coach cared? I mean, I know he cared because, you know, it's the discipline and the weight, but by game day, he didn't mind him being 260, no, I'm sure. No, he didn't. I, in fact, I think that's why he did it. Because yeah. otherwise, he, he might have gotten to 280, maybe. If he'd have given him 265, he'd have been 300. <laughs> right. You know. uh, but that was, you know, it's a lot. A lot of little things that he did made made us a better football team. Yeah, no doubt. Now, I think that the, there are a lot of things that, you know, that I took from back in the day. I know he was a lot different when I played, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I, I know that. that, that well, he mellowed out by the, yeah, by that, the time that, you that got there. Yeah, that discipline carried, <laughs> carried on, I think. Uh, yeah, it did. So, as we're talking about, you know, a lot of people know you as, as the punter for the team. 
You know, but I'd be, for me, I came in and you were my wide receiver coach. Yes, sir. Wide receiver skills. Taught you everything you know. Every single thing I know. <laughs> every, every single thing I was thing wondering. I know. <laughs> but, you know, in fact, I think you had some catches yourself back in 69. You had a few grabs yourself? Well, I was, you know, I was drafted as a punter and a running back because mm-hmm. uh, that's what I played in college. And uh, so I came in 67. As a running back and, and a punter, won the job. They, I think George Chesser was the punter they had. They let him go and kept me around, which was great. I appreciated that. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I played a little bit of running back, not much, maybe a couple downs in, you know, every game or something like that, but it wasn't very much. Then in 68, our starting tight end, Doug Moreau, got hurt. So they asked me if I'd play some tight end, you know, fill in here and there, because they had another, I can't remember who it was, or a couple other guys. Anyway, I ended up being a starter for the last eight games of the season in 68 as a tight end. Well, Rick Norton was the quarterback at that time, and uh, he played. With, I played with him in college, so he knew me. Right. So he's going to throw uh, me the ball. Now it's making sense. Yeah, see, so he's going to throw me the ball. So, <laughs> you were yeah, making your job, son. Oh, I was. It was great because I knew if, as soon as he called a play, my ass is going to get the ball. Yeah, right. I could do something with it. So. Right. That's yeah, that awesome. was uh, that was part of it. And then Five I played TDs, more in '69. Played a little, you know. I started in '69 again, and uh, it was fun. I mean, '69, 577 yards, five scores. That's a lot. That's a lot back there. With, uh, hell, with you had that first. in one game for Christ's sake. <laughs> I, I tried to. You guys <laughs> throw me the damn ball more. Yeah. <laughs> now, when Shula got there, I mean, did your your receptions and the, the uh, targets? The targets went down after that. that there was no targets. <laughs> <laughs> was there a conversation? My end, no, there was no conversation. <laughs> I was to understand my ass was going to be on the bench until it was fourth down. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, the World Football League or USFL, some came in, and Zonka Kick and Warfield yeah, left. WFL 1974. Yep. They left. Well, they needed somebody to come out of the backfield catching the ball on third down mm-hmm. stuff. So he asked me if I'd do that. I said, yeah, I'll do that. What the heck? So I got to play a little bit more in 74. No Rick Norton looking for you at that point. No though. Rick Norton. It was greasy and greasy <laughs> didn't like me. So. <laughs> why? What's, what's the problem? I mean, why didn't Grease like you, coach? Oh, no. I lockered next to him for 12 years. Smart man. And I smoked. Okay, ah. and Greasy didn't smoke, and he hated that. There it is. Uh, so that was one of the reasons <laughs> he, he wasn't looking for you. That's, that's a different atmosphere in itself, though. Smoking in the locker room, oh, yeah. the guy smoking at halftime, like the, everything. Coaches is, used to smoke on the field. On the field while the practice <laughs> going 60, on. In yeah. 60 and 67, 68, 69. Bananas. Yeah. Uh, they stopped it, I think. Uh, well, they used to smoke up in the press box because I know – there were coaches up there in the press box that were smoking. Howard smoked a pipe. Uh, <laughs> it's a cloud in the, in the press Shula box. actually smoked cigars at one point. Did he really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. A lot has changed. I, I hear stories about, you know, halftime guys, like, you know, stepping out a little bit and having a quick little smoke or oh, things like that. No stepping out. Just right, right in the locker, locker room, room. Right there, huh? Right there. You, in fact, the <laughs> locker room was so smoky you couldn't see each other sometimes. <laughs> Most of the guys at that time smoked. There yeah. were a lot of uh, yeah. smokers, a lot, very few non-smokers at that point in time. Yeah. But that's changed around. And, you know, the NFL kind of, you know, stopped all the smoking in the locker room and everything else. So Yeah, well, I think a lot of it, though, you think about excitement. Think about the era that you played in, you know, where the – level of pain you guys had to endure mm. and the level of stress that you guys had to deal with. I mean, that's one of, that's why a lot of people have these outlets between mm. that and, you know, mm. alcohol, whatever it is. Yeah. No I mean, Tordal shots right, before no, the yeah, game. Exactly. Thing, huh? Exactly. So yeah. this is, this is halftime just to calm the nerves a little bit. Well, a little, a little thing in 60, I was a rookie in 67. Now, George Wilson was the head coach at that time. 
And he had a lot of good coaches with him, Bobby Walston and Bob Pellegrini and Tom Keene and, you know, you name them, Ernie Hefferly. All those guys were decent coaches. But it was getting close to 69 season, I think, and uh, we weren't doing too well. And George knew he was going to get fired. He just he just knew it. On Tuesday, one Monday or Tuesday, we come in, and there's a big trash can full of ice and beer. That's what's up right there. So we figured, well, you know, we'll get that after practice. So George comes in, and he says, all right, boys, have a good practice. We'll see you tomorrow. He left that whole container of beer <laughs> Crash can full of beer in there and told us to have a good time. Right, he, that was he our left. practice. And he left. <laughs> he left. That's my kind of coach. Have a good practice. Oh, so we sat there and played. We played um, pinochle and we played. Um, oh God. Pinochle. Yeah, everything. All kinds. All of kinds of I think that went out yeah. with the smoking in the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, coach. So uh, the next thing I'm going to ask you about is a story you've probably told seven billion times in your life. But you talked about being drafted as a punter and a running back. Right. And there, there was a specific time in the history of this franchise where those two things merged. And uh, you know, New Year's Eve, 1972, AFC Championship game. Crazy thing to me, Juice, it's still to this day, is the fact that it was at Three Rivers Stadium. You, you yeah. guys, you guys are undefeated. undefeated. You had to go on the road, and you had to go on the road. Yeah. Well, to, at that to time, they didn't have that kind of a rule that you yeah. know the leader, you know, the winner, or supposedly the best record had the home home field advantage. They didn't have that. We alternated between the, the conferences. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that like that in and of itself is wild, and I think people lose sight of that when you know all the different things you had to do to to, to complete the perfect yeah. season. What makes it even better though, when we went up there, it was sixty degrees. Oh, oh wow. it wasn't. They, they it wasn't get thirty. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's wild. Advantage. Sixty degrees in, in, in December. December. In De- no, Coach Shula must have yeah. put a call into somebody yeah, for that yeah, one there. He, that's, he always said he had a higher authority. <laughs> yeah. over everything, so. I guess he was right. But so here you are. Perfect season so far. You're in the AFC Championship game on the road, and now you're down seven nothing in the second quarter. It's fourth and five. Who makes the call? How, to walk us through that. I think I know who makes the call, well, but who makes that call? What was said in the huddle? Like, just kind of bring us into that. I one. was told during the week before that it, the call would come from the head coach, which always in special sure, teams right. always mm-hmm. came from the head yeah. coach. If you wanted to fake it or you wanted to, you know, whatever it was. So I said, okay, we'll we'll do it. But you know, Pittsburgh was unique in the way they tried to return the ball because they had one guy from one side rush you, and everybody else kind of wheeled around. And made a wall. Oh, wow. So they, so they could get a big uh, return. Well, I got antsy, I guess. <laughs> it was fourth down and whatever. I can't even remember. Fourth and five. five. It just, I mean, it opened up. I mean, you had to be stupid not to take it. I mean, they made it so easy. easy. Bob uh, Matheson was a fullback. He blocked uh, Pearson, or Pearsaw, I, I think it was Pearson. He blocked him a little bit so I could get through. And there was nobody there. I mean, absolutely nobody. And as I was running, I was thinking, you know what? I better make five yards. At least. Right? <laughs> or my ass will be walking back <laughs> Boy, to so the call wasn't made. You just you did it on your own. Oh, I just read it. Man. Wow. It wasn't called. It was never called. I didn't even know that. Uh, wow. But he, uh, yeah, that was a little ballsy. Well, maybe not with what you saw, but, but you know those sights. He's a wide receiver, though, man. His wide receiver, his instincts, his skills came out right there. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you got your ass out of bounds in that run, too, though. Yes, you didn't I take did. a hit, did you? Uh, <laughs> hit me. Uh, right. I'm a punter. You can't hit me. 
<laughs> 37 yards. Yards, you get down close to the goal line a couple plays later. Well, if I'd have had OJ's speed, I probably would have scored. You might have scored? Yeah. Yeah. Westoff would have said, the way I drew it up, you should have scored. That's right. That's right. That was a hell of a run. That was a hell of a run. It'll be remembered forever. Right. I mean, that was that was probably the a big turning point. Like you said, down 7 nothing already on the road. Then that, that big, big play there. Then Zonk scores a couple plays later. They see no 21-17 dub on the road. And, and they're off to the game, Super Bowl. Off to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, and now as we're telling this story, I got a fanboy for here for, for a minute, but Sipes got this ring, right? And it's just staring me in the face. This is the closest I've ever been to being a Super Bowl champion right now. And I'm <laughs> right. staring at this ring tell, talking about that moment. It's, it's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. Was, uh, said one thing for the game because I sat at uh, Carl Tassif actually was a special team teams coach back then. He was a running back coach and he uh, he did the special team and Wayne's apparently right? and Wayne's <laughs> he did all the little menial things Carl did. They were t- they told me during the during the meeting during because we watched the tapes. They said you know. Don't do anything. We'll call it when we're ready to do. You know, don't, don't worry about. It. I said, okay. I, I, I had no problem with that. But when it opened up, I mean, it's just—it was like taking that candy went out from a baby. Right. I mean, wow. it was so easy. Uh, I mean, Shula could have ran. <laughs> well, he got thirty-seven yards, though. Yeah, I know. I got thirty-seven. I thank God I got thirty-seven. At least I got more than five. That's all I right. cared you about. You definitely did that. Right. Did you have any idea at that moment, or even after the game, how important that play would no. be, kind of in the I history no of this idea. franchise? All I knew is it gives it gave our us a chance to score a touchdown, or at least a field goal, anyway. Just in the moment, right? The, yeah, it was just that moment thing. And Shula had said before, you know, during the seat, during the practices, uh, during the week, he said, you know. Well, whatever you do, don't uh, don't knock out Terry Bradshaw. Because, you know, <laughs> Terry's going to throw us a few interceptions. Right, he's going to give you some gifts. <laughs> so what happens up, huh? in the first series of the game, they knock Bradshaw out. <laughs> guys didn't listen to anything <laughs> Coach said. <laughs> so, I, thought, I thought he was such an authoritarian. I thought, yeah. I thought Shula was. Wait a uh, minute. Yeah, unfazable. That's, yeah. that's funny, man. Need custom t-shirts made? What about logo giveaways for trade shows or parties? Wizard Creations will put your logo on anything and everything. So you got to find them at wizardcreations.com. Yeah, the lowest prices around, less services available. Wizard puts your logo on everything. And they really do, Juice. Luke Freeman, who is the wizard at Wizard, is an amazing guy. And if you have something that needs to be branded, Luke is the guy who will get it done. He's done our fish tank shirts that everybody's been asking for. We've worked with them at the Jason Taylor Foundation for years. There's nobody better than Luke Freeman and Wizard Creations. Yeah, so for all your custom merch needs, call our friends at Wizard Creations at 888-217-4084. That's 888-217-4084. Also check them out at wizardcreations.com. And when you do that, Luke said use the code FISHTANK. He's going to give you free setup and 10% off your first order. Free setup, 10% off. You're going to save some money and get great branded product wizardcreations.com on three yards per carry chris kaufman had enough they turned 26 percent of the roster days before the game i mean it's it's absolutely i've yep. never seen anything like that i've, I've never seen anything like that before and trust me you haven't seen anything like that you listener you have not seen anything like that either and no. anybody who says oh this is the patriot way this is what they do no that's bullshit that is not true that is not something that the nfl does it is not something you've ever seen before it's not something you've seen in new england no it's not somewhere something you've seen anywhere else so don't let brian flores pull the wool over your eyes and say you know oh, turnover and the nfl happens turnover you know, blah 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 no bullshit that's bullshit folks okay that is a lie okay yeah. no this, they turned over 26 percent of the roster days before the season began and that had a drastic effect on the outcome of this game 
download, subscribe, and listen to us on your favorite podcast provider. So, like the seven early seventies, you talk about you know you talk about the loss in, in the one Super Bowl, and then you go perfect, and then you win another Super Bowl. That's 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 dynasty shit right there. Right. Well, you think know, about I, it. I thought the '73 team was better than the I've heard that. Team. I've heard that. I really did. That's amazing. We we actually I thought played better, uh, but uh, you know that's just me. I'm standing on the sidelines most of the time, going in on fourth down to punt the ball, and you know couldn't run it anymore. He wouldn't let me run it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> well, the baby gig was up. You couldn't you couldn't use that. Did he anymore. did he even ask you about it afterwards? Did he say anything, or he oh, just no, rode with he it? Just he just went along with it. T- trusted oh, your judgment. Yeah, I like it. He just went along with it. He, he never. He never. He did say one thing. He said he's lucky he made it. <laughs> that's all you needed so, to know. Yeah, that's right. all I cared about. Man, oh man, uh, dynasty there. You know, and one thing about it too is, you know, there's been a couple little close calls, maybe one or two close calls about other teams going perfect. You know, New England, of, right. you know, probably exactly. what a decade ago, maybe, yeah. and teams like that. How much do you guys relish, and how much do you guys appreciate the fact that? It's virtually impossible to go perfect, and you guys did that. And then you went back and re- repeated as Super Bowl champs the following year. Right. You know, it, it's something I think we look at as saying, you know, maybe it will never be duplicated now because they also added two games. Correct. You know, so they played 16 games rather than 14. You know, 14, and, you know, the three playoff games. So you got to actually win 19, 20 games before you can go undefeated. And that's, you know, that's as you saw the Patriots, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, you know, one little catch in the Patriot Giants game was the difference. Right. And uh, so, you know, it's not easy. And for teams to, to go undefeated, yeah, you can win seven, eight games in a row, but somebody along the road is, is going to gonna beat you. Right. Somebody's going to be prepared for you and, and test, test you as much as they possibly can. Yeah, I think the key most of the time is you know, who's playing well towards the end of the season. Get on that hot streak and have your team, everything working. Exactly. Everybody get your guys healthy that got, got hurt early in the season. Yeah. You know, I think health is one thing that's always important. But, you know, being on hot at that time of the season is, is always important. The most important thing is to get into the playoffs. Right. Once you get into the playoffs, then then you got to go on the field. Then you got to <laughs> stay healthy and you got to you got to win. I mean, and you get money for every game. That's right. I don't know what they're getting anymore. Oh. But I know you don't want a lot more than what I got. You do not. No. I think in our Super Bowl that we won, won undefeated. I got, I got eighteen thousand dollars. That was the price. Yeah, I think that's first round money now. That's first round. That's first round money. Now. Might be. <laughs> wow. Well, look at the starting salaries today. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, still a pay cut. Something that's going crazy. Now look how much money we gave OJ to play. Just returning kicks. I was just returning kicks. I was a happy man. It's but like you yeah. were just punting. I was just returning kicks. Exactly. Side wouldn't let me on the field, man. That's the problem. Man. <laughs> well, I want to get to I, that I, in a second. Stay back here. Stay back here. I definitely want to get to that in a second. But I also, so as you were talking about, you know, look at the Patriots and their run, and eventually someone's going to lose, and we see it every year. And, and some years it's early, six, seven games into the season, and everybody's lost a game. Are you on that champagne popping crew? Is no, that- no that, that's the that's the southern guys. <laughs> used, to, used to be, I, I I think it was Bob and uh, uh, Dick Anderson and Mandage. I'm not sure who, who was all involved in it, and they did it a couple of times. I don't think they do it anymore. Right, right. I think Howard uh, was Howard does, used to. I don't know if he still does. I know Howard's now. It became almost mythical yeah. in a lot of ways. I like that. I think it's great. I think it's a great thing. It's like you see all these different things guys have now, like turnover chains. Why not pop a bottle, man? Get yeah. together, have a cigar, pop a bottle. That's a great idea. You're exactly right. I don't know how many guys were involved in it, but I know those guys, those guys that lived down in the Coral Gables area and stuff like that that, that were doing it. 
Yeah. And what about you? You just had one of those beers left over from Coach Wilson's last practice? Or you <laughs> <laughs> no, I had, whole, I had a whole case. <laughs> <had a> whole... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Is there a small party, though, that watches and when that last team goes down, is you're like, oh, yeah. right, we got another year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every, every That's year. That's special, man. Every year. You imagine being a part of cool, that. Man. That is special. No. And I'm, no. You know, I'm hoping nobody does it until I go. Right. I know. They won't. <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not in any rush for you to go, Coach. I'm not but, either. Uh, I'm but not it, either. It's been a hell of a run thus far. That's for sure. So, uh, you know, you talked about kind of the transition after um, the guys left for World Football League and what have you. And then, then eventually, yeah, 11-year career is – what's the average now? We say two and a half years? A over – just under three. Just under three years. Yeah, really, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, obviously you had a, had a long career, 11 <clears throat> years. And well, then no, there was a – Don't forget, now, you know, we didn't have free agency back then. Right. You know, so if you could stay with a team – you better stay because there's no no guarantees that somebody else is going to pick your rear end up. Right. Man, right. That's so wild, too. It's just a whole different deal. So, well, you did. You stayed 11 seasons, which is incredible. Then tell us tell us about the transition. At what point did you know you wanted to get into coaching? When Shula said, don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> and you wanted to stay around the game, and that was it, huh? Well, well shit, i, I got to find something else I to do. I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. Uh, I had no idea. I had an inkling that I wanted to be, co- you know, wanted to coach a little bit. So when Howard Schnellenberger got the University of Miami job and Shula – I went to Shula in 70, after the 78 season, and I said, well, you know, what about another year? And he said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I said, okay, I better look You gave it something. a shot. Yeah. I respect that. You gave it I a mean, shot. I had to ask. Because <laughs> I, I was on my last leg anyway, and I knew it. And Because uh, I already had two operations on the same knee. Oh, man. So I was worried about my job and all that stuff. So anyway, Howard gets the job at the University of Miami. And... Uh, I went to him and asked him if, you know, if there's any way that, you know, he could hire me as a, any kind of coach. And he, he hired me as a receivers coach. And so that's when it all started. That was a 78-79 season. I was a receivers coach for the University of Miami. In 1980, Monty Clark, who had been in San Francisco, got the Detroit Lions job after the 79, after the 79 season. So in, in 80, Monty called me and wanted to know if I wanted to come to Detroit and be the receivers coach. So I ended up in Detroit for five years. And then we got fired. Monty got fired in 84. I went to Tampa Bay with Lehman Bennett, who had been the Atlanta wow. Braves, Atlanta uh, Falcons coach, and he got fired. So he, Got the Tampa Bay job after McKay re- resigned. Uh, so I went with him for two years because Lehman, he was a freshman coach when I was at college. Okay. Uh, so you had that familiarity. So right? I, he knew me a little bit and all that stuff. So that way. And then I worked with guys like Jimmy Ray, who was a really, very good offensive coordinator. Very good. And then I'm out one year, 78 or 88. I'm out of this, I'm out of this, out of football. I figure it's over and done with. So I get a job working for a manufacturing company for uh, cables for automobiles. Oh, wow. So I'm back in Detroit, Detroit. Mm-hmm. you know, with the car industry. Sure. Dealing with Chrysler and Ford and all that. I get a call and no uh, after the 88 season, I believe it was, I get a call from Carl Tassif, who was a running back coach at that time. Asked me if I was interested in getting back into coaching. I said, Hell yeah. Yeah, right. Get me, get me out of here. <laughs> it was cold in Detroit. Yeah. So anyway, I go down, interview, get the job. I'm now with the Dolphins for 12 years. I stayed with him. Uh, and when, when Don retired in uh, 96, Jimmy Johnson took over. So I stayed with him for two or three years. And then 99, uh, he left, he resigned and, uh, Wanstead got the job and Wanstead didn't want me around. So I, I retired. 
right then. There were a couple right. coaching yeah. decisions made they when were, Dave took over yeah. that I didn't quite. Yeah, I, 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 I just, it all started. I, I tell you, it all started with Jimmy's ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is where I think I'm the low man in the totem pole on this. Yeah, field. I know. Yeah, you, I broke I into the league I, I under Jimmy. Jimmy so. He's a Jimmy fan. I can't stand that. Dude. I mean, coach was so good to me, but I understand. I understand. It is what it is. So, so let's before we get to that part, I can run out of the room here. Let's talk about. First, I was going to say, well, why the hell did it take almost a decade for Coach Shula to bring you on board? But now now we know the history. But what was that transition like? Like, what are the differences between playing for that that man and then coaching on Coach Shula's staff? Actually, it was easier. To coach. To coach with him. Because he, you know, he kind of, he lets you do your job. If you weren't doing your job right, he'd tell you. He'd let you know. And it wasn't, uh, you know, a screaming message or, you know, no cussing, no nothing like that. He'd just tell you, you know, this is what you need to do. Or this is how you should do it. Or this is why you should do it. And, and you did it. And uh, he was really good at keeping morale up, whether it was the players or the coaches. Uh, he did a nice job with that. Well, as a player, let me talk about that a little bit. <laughs> First of all, before I even got there, dealing with some of the guys you had to deal with in that locker room, the Dupers, the Claytons, uh, the, you know, even, you know, the Crass Jensen's, all the guys that kind of played the wide receiver position. Mm -hmm. How was that, you know? For you, I know you had a familiarity with all those guys, but how was it coaching those guys first and foremost? And I know they had to give you fits all the time. We've, we've had them both on this show. Duper, and, Duper yeah. wasn't a problem. Clayton was a problem. <laughs> Mark Clayton was a problem. I love the guy. I, I, he's a great player. He really is. And, and he, he worked, when he worked, he worked hard. Mm -hmm. But getting to him to work, that was the problem. Duper, uh, Duper just run around, you know, just give him, give him a pass pattern. He goes, he goes and, and plays. You right. know, he's, he was good that way. Uh, Irv Fryer was another guy. There's, you know, guy's been in the league for quite a few years with New England, I think, when Correct. we got him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he adjusted well, uh, and he could play. He was a good player. Then we come along with a little young man named O.J. McDuffie. <laughs> 1993. And I had to, I had to convince Shula that O.J. McDuffie was the guy we should draft. And he wanted to know why. Cause there was another receiver out there that, was supposed to be, you know, Glenn Milburn, better. I think, from Stanford. Yeah, another guy from Auburn, I Auburn believe. Auburn had a guy, yeah, guy couple could guys. run like hell. wasn't so. tough though. wasn't tough enough. No, and that's the only reason. <laughs> that's the only reason he's on. He was on that team is because his his ass was tough. I mean, I saw him block people and and stay with them, and I saw him catch balls over the middle. Yeah, uh, he, was, he was a player. So you lobbied for him. You sat there I in front did. of coach and I you did. lobbied I for him. That's what I'm said, talking about, Sykes. He, I appreciate it, man. Shula came to me and said, are you sure about McDuffie? I said, I'm sure about McDuffie. I think he's better than that kid, other kid because he's going to last longer. He's going to play a longer career with us. And he's great in the middle, inside, because in we could put him in the slot. And that's where he shined. And he How goes cool and gets that? his goddamn toe hurt. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. There we go. You guys yeah. put me in a bad position. You didn't put me in position to be successful right there, Sight. You should have scored. I know. I bobbed the fucking ball, man. I'll give you that. Hey, that's not what we're talking about here, Sight. We're talking about some other shit right here. <laughs> but so now at that moment when you when you stepped out, was there ever like, you know, hey, this is a little bit like running that punt. I better get five yards. He, he, this guy better pay off. I just put my, my, uh, I didn't my have neck a, out there. I didn't have a problem. There was no doubt. It, uh, until he showed up <laughs> at training camp. And he had a hard ass on him. 
You know, let's talk he, about he that was, a little bit. He was going to show the veterans that he was the man. Well, you said he was tough. He was tough. I tell you what, he had to be tough because they were all over his ass. <laughs> they were. <laughs> they threw him in a ice tub. And yeah, we've heard they, about that they were one. Going to throw him in the damn lake, but they, <laughs> they stopped for that. I don't know why. <laughs> because they're going to get the ass whooped, sight. Yeah, they knew okay. better. They knew uh-huh. better. Now, as a coach, when that's happening, like, so is that, hey, that's just the way it is? That's, that's the way it is? Well, I play, and you just got to, you know, it's called, ha- it's called hazing, and every rookie has to go through it. So you have no problem with it. I had to sing my uh, Kentucky fight song every meal in order to eat. Every meal. Sing it, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> eat. That's right. I had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> I was at Norton, this guy, he he made me sing that damn thing all the time. What you get for your teammate there, huh? But he come in as a hard ass, and uh, no, he was such a hard ass as a rookie. Well, turn it around the next year, he's doing all the hazing. Uh, he was waiting for his <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, it was on them, man. They started this shit. Right. Just carrying out a tradition? I said, this is the way things are in the league. I got to make sure that, you know, I don't let everybody down. You yeah. know what I mean? Quick learner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, the quick story on uh, going back. Now, I'm going way back to 67 with, with George Wilson. We used to have a rookie show. And, we did, you know, imitate some of the veterans yeah, sure. and all that stuff. So it was our chance to get even on the veterans. So, But we didn't do that with uh, nah. the Shula stuff. So it, was, it was a lot of fun. So who did we you did imitate that. as a rookie? Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you need that. During training camp, man, you need that type of levity, man. Some type of, you know, George release. said one night. He told us one night during training camp. Take the rookies out and get them drunk. Yeah, I like that. Well, where you can get some camaraderie between you veterans and, and rookies who are trying to make the team and take your job on top of it. But you're supposed to get take them out and get them, you know. Have a couple of drinks with them, enjoy life, and come back safe and sound. Now, did Coach Shula carry that tradition on? No. <laughs> so you guys no were really way. close. You just weren't a whole lot of we whole Well, lot we of had games. to get close ourselves. <laughs> we, you know, we practiced on Monday. didn't practice on Tuesdays. Tuesdays, we'd have our own little get-together uh, anywhere we could find it. You know, a bunch of us, not all of them, all the players, but most of us. Didn't need Coach right. to tell you to go get drunk. Didn't need, no, we didn't need <laughs> So let's get back to young O.J. McDuffie here. <laughs> so did he, I mean, how soon did you realize, yeah, I, I was right. You know, this is the guy that I thought I was. The first getting. year, I mean, you know, O.J., he, he struggled trying to get into the lineup a little bit, but he was good enough to get in there and play a little bit in the slot. We went to three wide receivers, and, uh, you know, I, I still think it's a good move. Yeah, what we made so. What do you mean, you big, right mean you big right? <laughs> I know we did. You made, a, you made a great call right there, man. Well, who knows those <laughs> two guys? I mean, just, just, just if we just look at that alone forget any other position right, you don't even know guys. I, don't, I don't even know yeah right, no no idea who those guys are you had a career in scouting there. i think kevin Williams is one guy that we're looking at too out of um oh, uh, yeah. was one of the guys we're looking at yeah. too but uh k Dell's more of a return guy and yeah. like, but even so he didn't have that kind of a career no nah, of course not Seth. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you're sitting next to right yeah, now right. Yeah, right and he you know you know and honestly i mean he had i had reno he had aikman at that point yeah, you know what I mean, so he should have. He, he had a whole lot of parts around that he team. He did. He had a nice little squad he was working with. And no I, doubt. But I tell you, back to like when they were, I was really nervous being in that locker room, you know. And I thought it was, I had a point to prove, and I had to prove myself, you know, on and off the field. First of all, the wide receiver, man, that was hell as it was, you know. I mean, going against Troy Vincent, right. JB Brown, mm-hmm. those guys in practice, people always ask, like, who were the toughest guys you went against? And I said, fucking Troy Vincent. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. and that was the thing for me, learning how to get off a of jam and you know redirecting my route and. You know, the, the release, you know, and then we were at St. Thomas, my first mini camp, 
and, and having the, the fans and right on top of us like that, that was that was nerve wracking. You, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I know the first day of camp, I cramped up so bad because I was out there trying to just like prove, prove myself from all the you know conditioning drills and all the testing and everything. But uh, Sype was great, man. Sype knew, you know, and, and Westoff had me, you know, in the, in the, in the special teams game. So mm-hmm. I had a niche on the team. But by the second half of the season, like you're talking about, I got a chance to get inside, play a little slot. I remember Mark Ingram stole my first touchdown. I think it was a Monday night game. <laughs> we had four wides, you know. We're running little stops, and I was going to do a stop and go right by the goalpost. And Danny hit me with a strike. Mark Ingram had a little false start. And so I didn't even have my first receiving touchdown, I think, until my second year. But I had the punt return, so right. touchdown. Right. So talk about that. You just mentioned <laughs> Westoff. You know, was there ever a point in time where you were like, hey, Mike, Mike look, I, you're going to find somebody else to return these kicks because I, I need them. No. I, I need more of them. No, no. Whatever he could do to help this team, he was going to do. And uh, I don't think he wanted to get off the team, to be honest with yeah. you. I was looking to hit he somebody. Had a, he, had a rough, he had a rough go with it. You know, you're looking at Mark Duper and Mark Clayton who were icons back then. Yeah, I sure. mean, they were established veterans. Uh, Irv Fryer was an established veteran. Mark Ingram was an established veteran. Uh, so he had, a, he had a fight like hell just to even get some yeah. playing time. Yeah. Um, but he finally did, and it finally paid off for him. You know who I proud of him. You know who I give a lot of credit to. Awesome. Sykes is, um, Thank Scott, you. I appreciate that. You, you, you forget me there. You forget me there. And then, and then Scott Miller. Yeah. Scott Miller told me, he said, OJ, you need, if you learn every single position out here as wide receiver, you'll get a chance to play. And Scott dressed out every game, didn't he? Because yep. he knew every damn position on the field. Yep. Yeah, so that was that was good. And then, you know, of course, being able to return kicks, that was that was a lot of fun. But Sight, I remember Sight came up to me because I, I think it was that first banquet when I had the tuxedo on, you know what I mean? And I was like, you know, Hollywood, because I had a fucking tuxedo. Yeah, we're in the tuxedo right down here. I think, they were, I think I was down here in Miami Lakes when I got it. We'll find and, out and, from Stu. And Sight was like, uh, yeah, I'm your, like, I'm basically, I'm your fucking coach. You need to listen and pay attention to me. You know what I mean? I'm over here. Yeah, I was like, okay, coach. Whatever you say, baby. You <laughs> well, know? you know right away, huh? <laughs> DolphinsTalk.com is your one stop for all things Miami Dolphins. With news, commentary, video, interviews, and the Webby Award-winning DolphinsTalk.com daily podcast, DolphinsTalk.com has you covered on all of the latest happenings surrounding the Miami Dolphins. Whether it's training camp, the draft, free agency, or the current Miami Dolphins season, DolphinsTalk.com has it covered. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Dolphins Talk and to visit the website DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. That's DolphinsTalk.com. Hey, Juice, the only thing better than looking clean is looking clean on your own time. No doubt about it, Big Seth. And that's why I always call my man Ara at AT Dry Cleaners anytime I need my clothes laundered or dry cleaned. Tell him exactly why you call Ara. Because AT offers free pickup and delivery at your home or office, so you never have the inconvenience of trying to find time to take your dry cleaning somewhere. They bring it to you. That's exactly right, Juice. You can walk into their Fort Lauderdale location, but AT serves Miami Dade, Broward, and the Southern Palm Beaches with their convenient pickup up and delivery services, which also include alterations, shoe repair, and more. And AT is family-owned company, and they've been in business since 1980. 1980. Yeah, and you know what? That means customer service is their priority. So call Ara today at 954-610-9383. That's his personal cell we're giving you. Or you can visit drycleanertoyou.com to start making your life and your dry cleaning a lot easier. And make sure you tell them that the fish tank sent you, because Ara, my man, is giving our listeners 50% off your first order. How much? 50. Half, Seth. 
Half. And 25% off any dry cleaning services after that. A&T Dry Cleaning, the official dry cleaners of the fish tank. But I tell you, real quick, like, talk about our playbook and how interesting it was in terms of like, we can go from one receiver to five receivers and we'll call 84. And everybody has to know everything across the board on what to do. I and mean, it was like a, no rhyme or reason of much of what we were it doing. It was a memorizing game. Exactly right. I mean, you had to, to memorize everything. Uh, 70. 70 Texas. Yep. What's Texas? Texas. Texas means what? Right. Tight end across. That's what it was. And everybody else had to know what to do. We were telling the tight end what to do, but nobody else, what do I do? And we had Texas. And we had Texas X squared and the Texas X. Right. You know, all this other stuff. Right. Off of it. So, yeah, it was all memorizing. If you knew, if you knew the split receiver and the planker receiver, you were in. Because if you knew both places you could play either spot, you had a better chance of playing again. And OJ knew them all. He knew he knew the inside slot guy, uh, which is basically the halfback. Right. That we put in the slot. We put a receiver in that spot. So he had to know all the halfback plays. Yeah. Weak side or strong side. You had to know tight end right. position. It was like it was crazy. And that was the that was the hardest part for me sitting there trying to memorize all that stuff. And those guys had an edge. Like some guys had already been there before. So I mean that was part of it. I remember one time we called a play, and uh, it's in, <laughs> during mini camp, and I'm in the slot like I'm, I'm never. We, we haven't even gone over this shit. You know what I mean? And so I'm ready to call a timeout. And she was like, what the, what the fuck? What the fuck's going on here? You know, like, coach, we don't, we've never had that. I don't know that play. He says, it in your playbook? I said, I'm, I'm sure it is. He said, well, it's what you're responsible for. Like, shit. We haven't even installed this fucking play. Once he asked that question, you were in trouble. Man. Yeah, hell yeah. Was it in your playbook? He's I'm trying to get my ass in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I stuck my neck out for you. Get your ass out of there, Big W. W, yeah. I gave you a chance. He fucked it up. <laughs> How many of those plays that you were calling as a coach were plays you ran? Did All of them. Yeah. That's so wow. wild to me. You yeah. know, from 70 on, I mean, that playbook never changed. Right. In fact, <laughs> there, were, there were additions <laughs> added on to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had, who the hell, Marino got hurt. I, I don't exactly know how it happened. Anyway, we had a new quarterback come in who was a, who was a veteran, and I, I don't even remember his name. And we had DeBerg. 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 Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steve DeBerg. That's exactly who it was. Steve comes in, first meeting, quarterback meeting. We're sitting down uh, and I'm mean, with the receivers and the quarterbacks and Shula's up on the podium and uh, talking about something the Berg says coach he raised his hand and said coach you know you got a hell of a lot of plays in here <laughs> he said is there any way we could cut it down Shula looked at him group. he said it's been working since 1970 we ain't changing a goddamn thing <laughs> that's, oh, right. That's, that's unbelievable. Right. that's right <laughs> we had over 500 plays wow that book was that book. serious Wow. And then on top of that, you had to know the special team stuff. And then every week, you, you have to add plays. a few things. We'd steal some shit from, from a team that yeah. were playing, you know, from things yeah, that, that worked against the team. That yeah. looked good. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Put it right <laughs> back in there, huh? Match up wrinkles. Yeah. What a perfect answer, though. It's yeah. <laughs> I went undefeated with this playbook. So how about you just call the damn plays? That is hilarious. So we've talked about you working with a young O.J. McDuffie. And there's another member of our show that you worked with as well. So after you coached with the Dolphins, you went to FAU and helped that program, right? Yes. So you were with Howard again. Uh, I was with Howard again in, in uh, Florida Atlantic University. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started a program up there that was first year. I mean, it hadn't. When I got there, we hadn't even. They hadn't even had a football team yet. So they, you know, they were getting everything settled. In, and Howard, I think, took over in '98 and was building this team as it as it went along. So it it turned out to be a pretty nice deal. It really was. It is a nice deal, but they so so fledgling team. You're helping them start it. Obviously, you and Howard are familiar with each other. But there was also a young operations guy 
that uh, now runs our board here. DJ Freeze <laughs> was a young ops guy. Was he worth a shit? Do we, do we really have to talk about this? <laughs> I don't want to get him in too much trouble. No, now. let's do it. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, Sean was good. He put up with a lot of crap from a lot of coaches. I can imagine. Especially from the head coach. Yeah. Uh, but he lasted. Yeah, it was, it was, I tell you what, it was a, it was a lot of fun. We went through that first year was, it was different. We went through some adversity. I mean, like a lot of teams all over the country with 9-11, um, happened that season. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as a startup, shoot, the first game of the season, we had adversity. I think 45 minutes before kickoff, we lost 14 starters for, uh, they were declared ineligible. So we had to go with backups and got our ass kicked by Slippery Rock. (laughs) Slippery Rock. And, uh, 14 starters right before the game. It was some kind of an eligibility snafu. Like, who was in charge of that? Well, Sean. Uh, no, no. That was one of the few areas that I wasn't in charge of. Actually, early on, I was I was pretty uh, pretty focused on. It. But uh, yeah, we, we had a it was a wild crew with Chris Vagotas and Arnie Romero yeah, and Arnie Romero, uh, Alf, uh, Alfredo Roberts. Yeah, was on that staff. I mean, a lot of lot of. At what point did better. John Bach join that staff? John Bach did you coach joined. With John at all? Yeah, he joined, he, yeah, after uh, Vagotas. Yeah, Chris Vagotas was the offensive line coach. He was there two years, I think, and then. And John came in after that. John did a nice job with the kids. He really did. Uh, it was hard for him because one kid, uh, what the hell's the name, the running back, gave him a lot of problems. Well, he we did. had Bach and we had Bach on the show, and he, you know, I think every third story was about a fight that he got into in practice. And from what I understand, he had a couple of those on the FAU as well. Yeah, he did. As a coach and a player, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I've heard. Well, coach. It was such a pleasure having you in here. I know this is a big weekend for the Dolphins, but uh, to have you here and to relive these old stories and hear some things that I only got to watch, you get to see it on YouTube yeah. and, and read about it. it. It was really cool. And and staring at that darn ring while you're telling them was special <laughs> for me. I got to tell you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it very much. It's uh, really nice to see Mac Duffy. Now. Hey, Coach, I appreciate you, doing, man. Doing what, he, doing what he did. And, uh, you know, I, I had a good time. At 24 years with the Dolphin organization. It's awesome. And I, uh, I've loved every minute of it. Never, then wouldn't change a thing about it. Awesome, man. Thanks Other than the fact that I got fired. <laughs> don't, don't we all get fired eventually? Yeah. Um, yeah, I got fired myself. So. I think I wore out my, my usefulness back then. <laughs> but anyway, thank you very much. I enjoyed this. This was fun. Hey, thanks for diving inside. No problem. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when we dive up in that fish tank, Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school, mix it in Feeling like we up close when we listening Dolphins Tales, in Miami is the deep end We vibing with our favorite players, no secret We get with
with Seth and McDuffie. Bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it. Dolphin fans never budget. We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans. And if you ready for that water, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans. And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans. You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in. Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank.